Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Building from the Bottom podcast. I'm your host, Gareth Rafferty, and this is Chapter 3, Episode 20. A huge welcome. I hope every single one of you has enjoyed your Easter last week, and this week have been eating a lot of Easter eggs. Today, again, as normal, as you probably have guessed, I am sitting in my bedroom at my desk with post-it notes surrounded around me. Sun is shining, however, over the past few days in the UK, we have had a bit of rain, which is the first time, I think even since the quarantine has begun, that we've had rain. So that was quite surprising over the past few days to receive that when I opened my window in the morning. I'm going to jump straight into it. Of course, it's Sunday, the 19th of April. It's just past half past 11 in the morning, and I'm basically just here, surrounded by post-it notes. This week has been an extremely interesting week for me. I've had a lot of new things that have started this week, and so I've got a lot of exciting content for you. So without further ado, let's go straight into it. So the first point in my post-it notes this week, because that's what I'm using, um, is content creation. Now, as many of you will know, I have been creating content on LinkedIn for almost well, more than two years now, which is quite insane to think about that. And over the past one to two weeks, I've really been focusing on how can I make my quality of my content better? So how can I make that quality better? And not just the the recording quality, but also what I do afterwards. So the editing process and subtitles and all the rest of it because I've seen a lot of people on LinkedIn and other platforms like YouTube and all the rest of it that make really high quality content with all the perfect subtitles and the headers that will look really nice and I've wanted to do it for a while but I've just never felt like I've had the time and so everyone has time right now and that is why I focused on that point So I'm going to walk you through the process just so you guys, if you want to, you can implement it into your own personal brands and your own business brands as well. What I really do, I created my backing graphic on Illustrator. Now I did multiple of these. So I've got lots of different versions of these backing graphics, which can be used for both carousel posts, which are the ones that you can swipe across, whether you want that on Instagram or LinkedIn, they work quite well there. Also, um, I have those both for my business brand and my personal brand, the exact same designs. The only thing I've altered are the colors just to keep that brand consistency between myself and my business. And the way that I've done that, then that backing graphic actually only turns out to be the header when it comes to the filming side of things. But when I upload it onto Premiere Pro to edit it, um, I drag and drop that graphic and I make sure that it's layered so that the video is on the bottom two thirds of the video. And on the top third, I have, of course, the top part of my graphic. And that gives me a really nice canvas to put some writing on top, which is pretty simple, just using the text tool and typing in whatever I want to type in, depending on the topic of the video. And so this process of editing the video so they look really nice and they're aligned with my brand has been really interesting for me the first few days it did take 
a little bit longer, but now I'm starting to get into the habit of doing it. I know exactly what preset I'm using on my video because I'm filming in the exact same location. So the lighting is the same. And so it makes it extremely easy for me to just drag and drop that LUT and get it all sorted. And also the process of doing it. Of course, the first day I did, I had a lot of backwards and forwards doing different things. But then as I've started to do it more, I've definitely got a lot quicker and figured out that actually putting the LUT on first as opposed to at the end is a lot, lot easier to do. And also some of those other editing processes. Along with a bit of help from a good friend of mine that I've met through LinkedIn called Leon, he's helped me with things like subtitles and making sure that I can get those nice and crisp ready for my LinkedIn videos. The way that I do the the subtitles, you might be wondering, what I do is I once I've finally edited the video on Premiere Pro, I will then drop the Premiere Pro video once exported onto YouTube, but set the settings as private. And then I name it under the date of the day because I'm creating daily content. Um, naming the day really makes sense for me because it helps with that organizational aspect. And then after about five to 10 minutes, YouTube auto generates the subtitles. Of course, they're not exactly perfect, but um, if you wanted to, you could just automatically export it as an SRT file, which then you can upload onto LinkedIn along with the video. So you upload the video and then the SRT file separate. Or what you can do is YouTube is really, really good for this. You can edit it within the YouTube video so you get to see what it looks like on top of the video if it were on YouTube. Of course, my videos don't go on YouTube, but it still allows me to see like margins and things to the edges of the videos. And so that's really my whole process. And then once I've edited the subtitles, added caps, because for some reason, um, YouTube doesn't like to add capitals on subtitles, adding those full stops and all the rest of it really allows my content to then be done, ready, exported and ready to go onto LinkedIn. But just something I have missed, actually, the sizing of the actual video. Um, when I record, it's a rectangle but I think it's 1920 by um, 1080. That's the size in pixels. But actually, I don't want it to be that size because when I upload it on LinkedIn, I want it to be a square. It makes it a lot, lot easier um, and a lot more flexible, really, to take to other platforms. So what I do, I want a one by one format as opposed to a um, 16 by nine. And so what I do is I have it 1920 by 1920 pixels, which makes it one by one format. Of course, that means resizing the shape and size of the video, but I have a lot of blank space to the left and the right of me. So that makes it extremely easy for me to do. So that's basically my whole process of content creation at the moment. Um, and of course, if I want a carousel post, as I mentioned previous, I just use the graphics that I've made on Illustrator and just put my text on top of those. That's my whole process of content creation. And usually it would take me about an hour from filming to really being ready to upload. Of course, that depends on export times and also how long it takes for YouTube to auto-generate those subtitles. In terms of times specifically, editing the video, I only really edit the start and the end. I don't really edit the middle content, but that really, like if you wanted to, that would add like five or 10 minutes onto, depending how much you want to edit. Um, so the editing process probably probably takes me about 20 minutes to put the graphics on, write the title, et cetera, get it all synced up and ready. 
and then the YouTube editing the subtitles probably takes me between 10 and 20 minutes depending on how many errors there is and how many things I need to change and the length of the video etc and that in short is my content creation process I'm really trying to focus on bringing value both in my content on social media but also content on this podcast and content creation as a whole and building this personal brand has been a very key part of me becoming the person I am today both on my podcast but also online as well and my knowledge has really grown through creating content on these platforms which leads me very swiftly onto a book I'm reading right now called They Ask You Answer which is by a guy named Marcus Sheridan I think that's how you say his name and it's all at the moment it's all about blogging and I'm about a hundred and well I'm about 100 pages in it's got about 320 pages so over the next 10 to 15 days I should get this book finished and really so far he's talked a lot about blogging and answering every single question that your customer wants to know not shying away from those topics that you may not feel 100% comfortable in answering no matter whether it's the price of your services or products whether it's downplaying some of the products that you're selling it will be worth it because it means that people trust you and instead of just finding the information somewhere else you will be at the top of the search engines so when people search those questions they will come to you and although you might not get a hundred percent of people that come to you by your product that will increase the amount of people coming to your website and it will increase the amount of leads that you get that are qualified leads and the leads that you want to be getting as opposed to the people that you don't because if you get the people that you don't want then oftentimes that can lead to an hour or two hour phone calls and then at the end of it they're just not right for your product and so it helps you help them really so this book has been super interesting of course that's a brief overview of what what it has covered so far and there will be more to come on my social media platforms once i finish the book a book review etc and yeah so if you want to start a blog maybe that just might be the place to start answering the questions that people like you want to know um and that's if you're a personal brand and if you're a business brand answering the questions your customer wants to know but not from a business standpoint from that customer standpoint that consumer standpoint if you're selling washing machines Telling people what the difference is between one washing machine and the other can actually be extremely useful, whether it's one brand to another or whether it's um, how often they need servicing, etc. These details can be very, very key. It's something that a lot of consumers look out for whilst they are out and about. And really, it's what they search for on social media and it's what they search for on Google search. And if they can't find those key information, pods if you want to call them that information pods little bits of information if they can't find it on your social media channel and they can't find it on your competitors they're going to end up finding it somewhere whether that's getting on a call with someone or whether that's asking someone through like a contact us form and just the fact that they will have to keep searching can really frustrate the end consumer and so if you are answering these questions not only does it drive more traffic to your website but it will also mean that more people will be trustworthy of you so personally i didn't 
see this as a strategy, but it sounds like a really, really good idea. And not just for blogging, but also for vlogging videos that you do online, podcasts, etc. And so answering these questions, well, it builds your content. So why wouldn't you answer the questions? Something else I've had new this week that I want to talk about is a new job. And this is something I kind of fell into. I really didn't expect to be doing this a week ago. I just saw someone's post on LinkedIn that I had been connected with and I spoke to once or twice. His, basically his company, he is a co-founder of an influencer marketing agency. It's only him and his co-founder at the moment, but they've decided they're going to bring on students for experience and also people to help them with sales and marketing. People that have been furloughed from their jobs like I have and just people that need some experience right now. So there's the marketing side of my role, which is, of course, as I said, it's just marketing, but that part is unpaid. The part that is paid, um, it's not a base rate, it's more of a commission type basis. But um, the part that is paid is the sales part. So I'm going to be doing about 12 and a half hours a week, which it's going to consist of about two and a half hours a day, I think it was that we worked out. And then by working on his sales and trying to get his clients in, he said he's offering 30% commission, which actually is quite a nice commission. So even if I make one sale a month, that will really, really help me in terms of my finances, but also I can help him with marketing. So it's a real value exchange because I'm also learning sales at the moment as well, whilst I'm obviously working for him I'm learning his processes and learning a lot more about sales which as many of you guys will know it has been one of my weak areas in the past so fingers crossed this will help me with sales in the future something else I'm extremely excited to announce is that I'm going to be doing a new course now by doing a new course what I mean by this is I saw some adverts on Instagram and we've probably all seen them if you own a company or an agency. And it was basically a company called Fix My Agency and it helps people get the foundation and build up their company without using ads, which a lot of people actually promote at the moment. Um, things like Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And yeah, just this whole course, um, although it's expensive, it does cover a lot of different things, which some of it I will know, some of it I won't know, but really filling in those knowledge gaps. It will be good for me right now, but it will also be good for me in the future because it will be knowledge I will have to take forward starting another company and just going forward in my business life. So there's going to be a lot of value exchanged in this course. It's a 90-day course. I'm not entirely sure when I'm starting it now. I'm just trying to figure out the financial side of things, but I'm just going to walk you through some of the base topics of what that course is going to cover and yeah I'll, I'll tell you guys that now so the first part of it really well I'll start with what really drew me to the course when I was on the call with the guy basically actually I'll take a step back when I saw the advert it said that Although you might not get a call, if you give us some information about your business, we will try and give you a strategy so that you can still get some value from this, some free value. And I was thinking, you know what? 
I probably can't afford the course, but actually if I just get on the call, they probably will be able to help me. They're clearly more experienced than me. They managed to turn over, I think it was 60K a month in dollars, and that's without ads or without any of that type of paid promotion. Um, and one of the things he said to me when I told him about the issues I was facing at the moment, he said 75% of lead generation is often a messaging or an offer issue, which I found really, really interesting. And by this, what he meant was, um, if you're having lead generation problem, problems, getting those clients in, then it's probably a messaging issue, whether that's how you're selling your product, um, the way that you're reaching out to clients or potential clients and marketing side of things, but also the offer. What are you offering those clients? What's the actual service that you're offering? Has it got enough value to it? All of those types of things. And that really, really got me thinking. And so when he went on to break down the course that he was offering, pretty much everything in the course really resonated with me. He asked me a lot of questions before trying to sell me. And he really wanted to get to know what I wanted out of this company, what my end goals were, the type of person I am, um, what I've tried in the past, what has worked for me, what hasn't worked. And all of those questions that he was asking also not only got him thinking about my company, but also got me thinking about it as well, which was quite interesting for me. So to break down that course, the first out of four parts of the course is really about the messaging and the offer. And it looks into things like ideal clients, what problem, what problem you're solving as a company, um, how it's packaged, that offer that you are offering, and really how I am showing up online and how I can better that. Then he moves on to sales and they have a particular system that they use themselves. It doesn't include paid ads. It's really how to start and control those sales conversations. And that area really stood out to me quite a lot. There were also other things that stood out to me in this course, which for the third step of the course, it's closing the deal, really getting those sales processes across the line and bringing in those clients and the do's and don'ts of the sales processes closing the deal when to pitch and when not to pitch as well and when he started talking about when to pitch but also when not to pitch I thought that was extremely interesting and it really just got me thinking there's actually circumstances where you shouldn't be pitching people and knowing when not to is also just as important as knowing when to pitch so that whole process was interesting to me. And the final part of this course, which was probably the part which stood out to me quite a lot, um, was actually the fourth part, something that always seemed really far in advance for me, but I didn't actually think about it until he started talking about it. So the final part of the course is about systems and scaling. Now, this is about bringing in new employees, so the hiring processes, but also growing the company itself so that I can have things like an office space. But also, instead of just keeping me in the company, which is what we would have been doing for the whole of this, how can we step back and instead of making me someone that's working 
inside the company, make me someone that is working on the company. So being that head figure, leading those employees and client discussions from a managerial point of view, and also how I can automate certain processes within the company to make the company basically run itself. And that seems like a mile away from me, but he said, this is something you will need after the 90 days. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. 90 days ago, the coronavirus hadn't even really got into the UK. I was in Milan and it just seems really crazy how far he can take me within those 90 days. So I'm extremely interested to get started on that. And of course, when I do get started, I will keep you guys updated in the process, telling you what I learn, sharing that knowledge, and really bringing you guys along with me. I think by doing this course, I might be investing quite a bit, but it will really pay off in the future. And what he said to me is if I can put an upfront payment, the rest of the money of the course, he should be able to get back just by me going through the course and implementing what they are going to be teaching me. And the fact that he said that shows that he has trust and belief in his products that he's offering and really made me feel a lot more comfortable in doing the course. So I'm extremely excited to start that, as you can probably hear. And really, that's it for my week. I've been focusing a lot this week on creating and being creative and helping people. I've been on multiple calls this week, helping people with their brand and marketing and business strategies. And that's been really fun for me to start thinking outside of the box and applying my knowledge to different circumstances from applying my marketing knowledge to a podcast and then applying it again on the same day or the next day to a recruitment well, it's kind of recruitment. It's like read where you have, um, it's for students, but also businesses. So businesses need people to work and students want jobs. So it's basically a job site, a job site for students. So really applying my marketing knowledge from one of those areas to another, they're completely different. And it really has got me thinking about different tactics and techniques you can use in marketing that are applicable to one but not applicable to others and getting me to think outside of that box. A lot of the time at the moment, I'm seeing a lot of people being creative, starting up creative challenges. And so I've been watching one by Tyler Babin. And what he has said to do is use clips of previous videos that you have made to make one, one minute video looking back you're not allowed to film new content you have to use things that you've filmed previous and there's also a trial that you get with this um, challenge by music box i think it was called um but of course if you want to hear more details i'll put the link down below it's a challenge i'm going to be looking at and working on over the next few weeks so i'm extremely excited to do that and take part in this challenge it's going to be really interesting the one thing you are allowed to do besides um obviously putting together old clips, you are allowed to film a new voiceover if you want to. Um, what he really did with his clips was add new presets, try new things out, try new transitions and things. And by doing that, it allows you to think a bit more creative, creatively and just test and experiment with things you might not usually do. So that's what I'm focusing on at the moment. 
and I hope this podcast has been of value to you guys. I've really tried to delve deeper into the topics I've been talking about today. And I think things like my content creation process and sharing that course that I'm going to be doing would be really interesting for you guys. If you're starting a company or you're just interested in someone that is starting a company and creating content. I hope you found value in this podcast and a huge thank you to all of you for listening. And I hope you all have a great week. This has been chapter three, episode 20 of the building from the bottom podcast. Have a great week and don't eat too many Easter eggs. Thank you.